This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hi and Happy New Year. I'm Hanif Baharudin and this is Gigi World Played, the show that talks about all things video games. We're going to kick off the year by looking at Cyberpunk 2077 again, one year later. Did they manage to actually fix most of the problems after that disastrous release? Najman Maliki will be joining me to reflect on it. But before that, here's a recap of some of the biggest news in the world of gaming with Ofnil Ting and Daryl Ong. Happy New Year, folks. Uh, we're going to start the year with a story from Riot Games, the makers of the hugely popular MOBA League of Legends. They've announced that they'll pay $100 million to settle a gender discrimination lawsuit. That's right. The funds will be paid to more than 2,000 former and current female employees at Riot. Initially, the original settlement was supposed to just be around $10 million. But new lawyers, including women's rights attorney Jeannie Harrison, were hired and they managed to argue and achieve these new settlement terms that she deemed was a bit more fair on behalf of the employees. Mm. According to the New York Times, more than a 1,000 full-time employees and 1,300 contractors who worked with Riot since November 2014 will share $80 million with $20 million to be put aside to cover legal fees and other costs. Riot Games will also invest into a diversity and inclusion program and this will then be audited by a third party to provide an, I quote, an analysis of gender equity in employee pay and job assignments. That's right, right? Games also said that they believe that this is the right thing to do for both the company and those who experienced it at Riot. Something good finally comes out of the industry, especially in relation to workplace discrimination. Now let's hope for more news like this this year and for companies to just learn to be better. Yeah, moving on. Ubisoft is not the only developer looking to explore the world of NFTs, metaverse and blockchain in the world of gaming based on what we reported towards the end of last year. That's right. Despite the backlash, Square Enix seems to be expressing their interest to also be part of the ecosystem. Its president Yosuke Matsuda has kicked off the new year by penning a letter that basically outlines the company's intention to incorporate all these buzzwords into their business. In his letter, Matsuda kicked off by acknowledging how Metaverse has become a bit more present this year, giving a nod to its Facebook as well and recognising the business opportunities that it presents. Mm. He then went on to elaborate how all of this was made possible by various technological innovations, including the prevalence of cloud technology, 5G, you know, more sophisticated blockchain technology, among many others. He then said that these advancements would hopefully be able to have a more substantial impact on their business as well. Yeah, so apart from that, he also acknowledged the prominence of NFTs and how, despite the overheated trading that's pretty speculative currently, he still has faith that this will be corrected and more permeable for future use when it comes to trading. He also went on to acknowledge their plans to incorporate all these technologies into their future plans including incorporating blockchain technology and NFTs into their gaming products. The letter is pretty technical and as usual we suggest that you read the letter yourself for a more specific take on what Matsuda actually said but it's pretty interesting to see another big company explicitly outlining their thoughts on the matter despite negative publicity surrounding these terms especially among fans. And just like Ubisoft, a lot of fans have expressed their scepticism and displeasure with Square Enix, with most fans largely pessimistic about how the technology would be used just to maximise their bottom line. Yeah, so gamers have pointed out a lot of past trends that have changed the way things are run. 
including the creation of DLCs and of course now notorious monetization and loot boxes which are widely hated but have become part and parcel of the industry. Yeah, regardless, let's see where this is going and how fans will continue to react. Will developers respond to the backlash or will they continue to implement their vision despite all the noise? Let's wait and see. But this is definitely not the last that we'll hear of NFTs, cryptos and blockchain in gaming, that's for sure. Okay, moving on. Last week, we reported on Twitch's most streamed games last year and now let's have a look at Steam's most played games of 2021 based on the highest peak concurrent players. Yeah, so uh, among the games that have around 200,000 peak players include the usual big names, you know, like your CSGO, your Apex Legend, Dota 2, PUBG and also GTA 5 and Rust. But you also have newcomers uh, last year like New World, Valheim and Halo Infinite Multiplayer which was just released two months ago and is yet already doing so well. And surprise, surprise, despite all the negative reviews and publicity, Cyberpunk 2077 has also a huge player base throughout 2021. That's pretty surprising. Uh, moving on to the second category of 100,000 peak players throughout the year, we see old games like Warframe, Path of Exile, Scourge, Dead by Daylight making an appearance as well alongside Destiny 2, Rainbow, Six Siege, Among Us, Rocket League. Battlefield 2042 is here too, uh, together with Resident Evil Village and Farming Simulator 22, among many others. 60,000 pick players saw new games like Forza Horizon 5, Tales of Arise, Back for Blood, and Football Manager 2022 making an appearance, alongside classics such as Euro Truck Simulator 2, Terraria, and Payday 2. Yeah, classics indeed. And what's amazing about this list is there are some games that were released close to 10 years ago. Wow. Yet they still have a solid player base years later. And the best part is not all these games are multiplayer games either so that shows how people will keep coming back to games that are well made even if there's no end game content okay lastly makers of Alan Wake Remedy have signed a deal with Tencent to develop its upcoming free-to-play shooter called Vanguard. The deal will cover global development, license and distribution of the new IP. According to Remedy, the game is a co-op PvE shooter that will take advantage of Remedy's narrative, expertise and action gameplay to create an immersive multiplayer experience. Yeah, the game will be developed using the Unreal Engine and will be made available on PC and console platforms. Right now, the game is still in a proof-of-concept phase of development and as a budget that's in the range of a typical Remedy AAA game budget. Mm, the cost will be co-funded by Remedy and Tencent, with Tencent covering the cost of localizing Vanguard for Asian markets. Remedy will be in charge of publishing the game worldwide except for selected Asian markets, where Tencent will take charge as stated previously. This is Remedy's first ever game as a service, and as of right now, there's no release date yet since the game is still in its uh, preliminary phase. Remedy is also busy working on Alan Wake 2 among many other games. Yeah, Daryl and Ofniel on the news this week. Back to you, Hanif. Thank you very much, Ofniel and Daryl. We're going to make way for some messages. After this, our thoughts on Cyberpunk 2077 a year later. Stay tuned. This is GG Well Played on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, you're listening to Gigi Well Played. I'm your host, Hanif Baharudin. We started the show last year by looking at Cyberpunk 2077, a game that was released at the end of 2020 to much disappointment, not matching the hype that surrounded the game prior to its release. 
every day digging the grave. Uh, stepping up here with a snake. Uh, city of dreams, city of gang. You don't believe in no fate. Uh, I might just think I'm your grave. Uh, stepping up here with a gang. Uh, city of dreams, city of gang, 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 gang. City of dreams, living your grave. You're living your grave. City of dreams, city of gang, 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 gang. City of dreams, living your grave. You're living your grave. By now, the problems were well documented, from troubled development and broken promises to refunds and the game being booted out of Sony's digital store, Cyberpunk 2077 and its developer CD Projekt Red had gone through them all. In the midst of it all, they apologised and promised to fix the game and so we spent last year waiting for various updates, hotfixes and patches from the company. The patch stopped at 1.31 in September with CD Projekt Red promising more coming in another development roadmap that they created for 2022. So where is the game now? Joining me to unpack our latest experience with Cyberpunk 2077 is my fellow reviewer of the game when it was first released, Anjuman Maliki. Yeah, um, interesting. <laughs> so some, some I guess um, reminders as well. Uh, I I do play my Cyberpunk on on Steam, basically uh, my PC, um, which is a totally different beast if you want to compare it to the I guess previous gen consoles. Uh, we myself and Hanif we did not try it on the latest gen consoles, so we can't say much for that. But Um, from my point of view, for the PC version of Cyberpunk, it's really good. It's really, really fun and really, really good. Uh, but yeah, you still do have uh, niggly issues like popping up of of police uh, officers whenever you've done something wrong and stuff like that. Like obviously, the police officers should not literally just pop up just like that. Uh, but comparing it to a year ago, I feel like <laughs> I feel like this is a huge. Uh, leap, right? Things like uh, tea posing from from NPC characters almost rarely happens, and crashes of the game again almost rarely happens. So those two things, in my personal view, after playing it like at launch and 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 recently, those two feels like a stark differences, right? I feel it feels like um, almost complete game, but that's my keyword, I guess. It feels like an almost complete game. It's still I, I still cannot say that it passes as a, a, a full-fledged, top-notch, triple-A game because, again, I still face like a crash or two every week or so if I play the game, which I almost never face. Even like if I don't play a triple-A game, right? even I, if I play The Ascent, I've been talking about that game quite a bit. It's a cyberpunk theme game. It doesn't crash. It doesn't ha- you don't have these uh, the glitches and stuff. So, if you were to compare that game, which is not a AAA title, to Cyberpunk, that I would say, yeah, it's a, it's slightly disappointing. But in terms of the fun aspect, if you can get this game um, uh, on a sale, definitely uh, pick it up because it's it's after one year, definitely a fun game and and solid everything I would say like uh, character, the characters in it are are lovely. Uh, the storylines is is quite good, yeah. So after a year, it feels like the cyberpunk I wanted to have January in January twenty twenty one. I would say. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, and that's that's the key point that you brought up yet that there, right? I think in terms of the game, I think we both sort of like agree uh, last year that at the end of the day, beneath all the noise, beneath all the um, you know bugs, crashes and whatnot, there is a good game there, and it is a game that's worth checking out. And you know, it's interesting that you mentioned sale because I think it's. Uh, Right now, still available uh, on sale as of the airing date of this show. It's still available at a 50% discount on Steam. So if you want to check it out, yeah. So at least you can pay half the price of the game, which I think, you know, all things considered, it's kind of fair. So yeah, if you want to check it out, the sale is going to be till um, 6th of January. And yeah, especially if you have a PC that can run the game, make sure you get it on PC because even after a year, Nash, I have to say that the game is still quote-unquote broken on PlayStation 4 at least um, but that's the thing though I think um, one way or another I think there is and a lot of fans have also started recognizing the fact that there is a ceiling there and I don't think they can improve the experience as much and while it still feels a bit better you know after uh, multiple patches and multiple updates the experience is still a bit a bit lacking here and there in terms of like there's still definitely a bit of a slowdown especially when you're pressing pause and whatnot so um, when you're trying to I guess choose weapons uh, then the game sometimes still stutters and lags a bit um, and uh, as much as you know they've you know switch some things here and there the game can still crash you know as and when lah. so 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 uh, overall I agree I mean um, maybe even on PS4 there is still a small improvement but at the end of the day yeah uh, the fact that they had to you know um, CD Project Red had to move everything uh, to next year and, and have to create another I guess development roadmap for 2022 shows that you know if you think about it in hindsight maybe the game was meant to not even be released in 2021 but even maybe 2022 right if you think about it <laughs> yeah uh, sorry I'm just curious is it already up on the PS Store I can't recall yeah so the game is now officially quote unquote back on the PlayStation 4 meaning that I guess Sony perhaps has deemed the game Decent enough to be, I guess, to be restored again on PS4. So there's that. Um, but it is still in 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 whatever state it's in, lah. I suppose you know, one way or another. Maybe maybe the crashes um, are no longer game breaking, quote unquote. Um, but to say that it's a it's a like it's a pristine experience is also, I guess, um, downselling how bad it is, lah. But but again again, like I said, I mean, even when we reviewed the game last year, we sort of like. You know, I sort of like said that, uh, you know, yes, the game is still quote-unquote broken, but it's not that it's not playable. Uh. But I guess when you, you know, it's like if you're used to playing a game that's, that's you know, that runs poorly on a PC last time. For example, if you have a, if you have a I mean, not so good PC and you try and run uh, a game that's meant to be run on better hardware and the game stutters a bit and whatnot. So that's the kind of experience that you have, you know, and in playing the game on PlayStation 4. And I think, you know, even after the latest patch, and I do try and make it a point to sometimes, you know, check out the game again when they release new patches. Initially, I was more enthusiastic, thinking that, okay, they're going to probably, you know, it's going to be game-changing and whatnot. But, you know, the more updates were released and the more things look still similar, uh, albeit a bit better, the more I start to, okay, think that, you know, maybe for PS4, or for last gen consoles, the game is just not meant to to be run in that way, right? So 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 there's a certain form of resignation, I guess, to a certain extent. Which is why I'm quite curious to know how the experience like, you know, for PC gamers and also people who are playing on next next gen consoles. And I've been asking a friend of mine who had the, I guess, opportunity to play it on a next gen console. He said 
yeah, it's decent. Um, not that bad, but you know, considering that he picked up the game much later than we did, he said that you know there are a lot of I guess his expectations weren't met as well. I think that's the fundamental core problem, right? If you think about Cyberpunk, the fact that for some gamers, you know, they expect the world, and you know, at the end of the day, they didn't get because we, and all because of uh, you know CD Projekt Red's promise, right? If you think about it, so so there's also that lah. Mm. I mean, um, yeah, I think uh, that's the biggest answer, obviously, right? But I guess. The upside for my side, myself is that because I play on PC, you have your modding communities, right? So the modding communities, um, for I guess for those who are un- initi- initiated, are the people who are who basically build build things on top of a of an existing game to make it even better. Um, because of these modding communities, I think my experience for Cyberpunk has been a lot better, but also that's a slight downside as well because modders can't mod games on a PlayStation or a PS4 or PS5, right? Or an Xbox even. So you guys are, I mean, like, I have a PlayStation and I'm stuck with my uh, Cyberpunk as well. So, like, I can't I can't play it on my PlayStation, so I, I need to play it on my, on my computer. Uh, but, yeah, I really tip my hat off to the modders who basically fixed whatever CD project right, has, has made, right? Things like... The police issues, things like even they they the one of the biggest latest mods that that is out there is a um a, a railway system, a metro system that they've built for Night City, which is crazy because technically speaking, you do play one scene if you recall Hanif in the game where at the start you and Jackie take the metro. Uh, and basically got out of the station and like had like some food and stuff like the metro was used to actually show Night City Is but if you think about it aside from that one cutscene there isn't any other playable workable metro that you can actually ride in the city so yeah the models have made it so that's that's cool but yeah I mean like I don't think we should rely on solely models to fix the issues that City Project Red has given us um yeah and that's the sad part right i think uh modest job is to quote-unquote enhance the experience in the way that they say fit right for certain games and not to literally fix the job of mod of of developers right but you know i I guess we have reached that point in time and this just doesn't apply to um and it's not limited to just um cd project red right and cyberpunk um you know we're beginning to see this trend with a lot of other games as well including you know if you talk about last year grand theft auto the trilogy that was uh, released to i guess a lot of bugs as well uh but now just going back to i guess your experience uh, because I think last time we spoke during the review, you said that you're gonna uh, ask for a refund for your PS4 copy of Cyberpunk, right? I don't think we have spoken about that, or we didn't do any actual follow up to that. Yeah, what happened after you, you know, actually asked for a refund? Did you manage to actually get the refund for for your PS4 copy at least? Yeah. So to cut the story short, yes, I did. Um, but I think that's a, a very interesting experience as well, uh, because. Obviously, you're not asking for a refund from your local game store. And the thing is, you cannot get a refund from your local game store. So I bought it, like, uh, I bought the game from one of our local game stores in Malaysia. But they basically got that game from a distributor for Malaysia, right? Who actually works under Southeast Asia, which is still not CD Projekt Red. But when you're asking for a refund, you're asking for a refund from CD Projekt Red, which is a lot more, like, tiers above that. So it was an interesting experience. Um, it wasn't 
a smooth sailing experience, I have to say. Uh, there's a lot more, like, th- there was a lot of confusion because you fill up one form. And after I finished filling up the form, actually they said, oh, sorry, the form that you filled up was not the right form. We will give you, <laughs> we will give you guys another form to fill up. And then I actually had to write down, um, I think it was the number of the, the the receipt number or something on a piece of paper in a huge piece of paper with like my contact details uh, and they explicitly say you cannot like uh, print this you have to like write it down with your hand and stuff like that so that they can actually make sure that you are human and you're not asking for uh, a, a copy's uh, refund but it's not yours stuff like that it was, it's very convoluted but yeah, um, thank God I actually got my money back. And actually with that money, I bought my, my PC copy um, of, of uh, Cyberpunk. How, how long did that process take then? Oh, it took about, I think about eight weeks or maybe slightly less than eight weeks. Six to eight weeks. Huh? Yeah, that, that about. And they actually refunded to my PayPal account, um, Yeah, which is a, a, a pain trying to like, you know, take that money out and use that to, yeah, but... At the end of the day, I managed to get it. Yeah, interesting experience that I do not want to face ever again in my life. Yeah, and the, and you had that, you had to deal directly with CD Project Red, right? Not not even right. like the local distributor or the regional distributor of the game, right? Yeah, so that's I think that's the biggest wait um, because you have to wait for CD Project Red to actually get back to you. Um, I actually emailed them uh, twice in between, with and then I just got an auto reply from. That email doesn't seem like it's like an email that they put up on their website because they that's one of the email that they reply in saying in saying that I have to fill up another form. So I was waiting for that new form. So I emailed them saying, "Hey, uh, I think I might have missed your email for the second form. Could you please send it back to me?" And then there was just an auto reply saying, "Sorry, no one is manning this email address." Um, until suddenly someone actually sent me the the form from that email address actually. So. It was very confusing. But did you actually have to return the copy? Did they ask you oh, to no. like, return the copy or something? Yeah, so I still have the copy at home. Um, I actually have not tried to run the copy on my PS. Uh, maybe I should. Um, but yeah, they did not ask me to return the copy. Technically speaking, uh, I can be an evil guy and just sell it off. Uh, but also I just thought of like, <laughs> keeping it for myself it's for like nostalgia purposes yeah definitely yeah. especially because considering that it was the, the first edition that was released God. so yeah it's worth keeping I suppose yeah exactly yeah okay yeah I mean honestly like it gets a bit quote unquote tiring to also talk about cyberpunk a lot I, I guess we are giving the game publicity still after, even after a year <laughs> after it's released right but I guess considering the hype and considering how high the expectation how high the bar was set yeah, I guess I guess it serves as a lesson, right? One way or another for not just, I guess, developers, but also gamers, right? To also, I guess, one way or another, manage their expectations when it comes to, you know, AAA releases, right? And I think um, ever since Cyberpunk, we've been burned by other games as well, albeit at a, <laughs> at a smaller scale. So I guess, you know, as much as, as much as it gets a bit tiring to talk about it, you know, it serves as a reminder. Like, that's, that's how I, I try to also, you know, tell myself when it comes to talking about Cyberpunk 2077. And also, at the end of the day, you know, the saddest part is beneath all the, like I said, you know, beneath all the all the problems, you know, there is a good game there. So, and one way or another, I guess, because we're all invested in the product, um, there is, I guess, you know, a need to also, I guess, follow its development, right? Um, Like I said, I know, okay, you know, as much as they've drawn the development 
plan for this year or development roadmap for this year i think honestly you know on a, on a playstation 4 i don't think i think they've already hit a ceiling one way or another so uh, but i i will still keep a lookout on on you know whether they actually managed to break that ceiling but i feel like it's just actually a game that's meant to be played on next gen consoles and pc you know high end pcs and not a game that's meant to be played on the last gen consoles right so but i'm i'm willing to be surprised and i hope yeah they can actually surprise us with that lah <laughs> right yeah i totally agree with you and i i i cannot like agree more with your point about being wary and like having um like i guess tempering your expectations when it comes to uh, another release right so literally what i've been doing mentally now is tempering my expectations for game like games like elden ring uh, even horizon uh, forbidden west uh <laughs> God of War Ragnarok I'm tempering my expectations for all of these games because of Cyberpunk because um yeah I just don't want to be disappointed I, I did that for my my copy of uh, Diablo 2 Resurrected and I was very happy <laughs> because when the game when you get the game and the game is actually like really good and it's actually performing as advertised <laughs> although technically speaking I should not expect that kind of level But because I am expecting that kind of level, I am very happy. <laughs> yeah, and on that note, I think this will hopefully be our last time talking about Cyberpunk 2077. Yes. But who knows? If let's say they do deliver on their quote-unquote promise to release decent DLCs, DLCs you know, yeah. storyline DLCs, even out, yeah, we'll be more than willing to, I guess, play and revisit the so-called DLC if if they end up being like good DLCs or whatnot. But I think. Uh, we should, yeah, just I guess wrap up our conversation of regarding Cyberpunk. Hopefully, this will be the last, but who knows? You know, we will not definitely close the door to talking about the game. Uh, because yeah, like we've said multiple times, there is a good game beneath all the noise, uh, all the all the problems that you constantly hear. So there's that. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your experience on that, Nash. You're tuned in to GG Well Played and that was Najman Maliki and we've been looking at Cyberpunk 2077 one year later after its eventful release. If you'd like to listen to this episode again, look for the podcast on pfm.my, our app available on the Apple App Store or Google Play and you can also find this podcast on Spotify. Do share your thoughts on the games that you play via our email ggwp at bfm.my. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio. My name is Sanif Baharudin. Thanks for joining us. Game on and please take care. This has been GG Well Played. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the business station.